0: With me to, if you would please, to Isaiah 62, and also if you'll turn over to Genesis chapter number 17, Isaiah 62 and Genesis chapter number 17. Last week was Gospel Sunday. Gospel Sunday was a day that we set aside every year and we give Bibles away and we ran out last week. We had about, we had 500 and uh, we were just about all of them after the first service. Uh, We just had a a handful uh, left and really not enough even to give to everyone in the second service. So that's exciting. Next year, we'll make sure we have plenty Um, and we're actually ordering some more Uh, This week, if we're able to get some more in, so many have asked for some, I had one tell me this, they're going to go to, uh, if I would get them more Bibles, they're going to go to every single house in their neighborhood and uh, give a New Testament in the gospel to all of their neighbors. And so they were challenged uh, last week to do that and asked if I'd hold them accountable to that. And I told them I surely would. I'd remind them often and ask how that's going. And so I pray that you've had an opportunity this week. To give one of those New Testaments out and share the gospel. I was with a church member this week. We were at lunch together, and um, we—he had one of the New Testaments and and uh, sat uh, was at a, at a restaurant, and the waitress uh, was uh, that was waiting on us. He uh, began to share the gospel with her, and and uh, she just um, she sat down with us uh, right in the middle of lunch. Just sat down and uh, listened to every single word. And when she was all finished hearing the gospel, she bowed and she trusted Christ as her Savior. And, uh, you know, those that say people aren't getting saved any longer, they're the ones that just aren't giving the gospel. If you'll give the gospel, people will accept Christ. They're looking for truth. And so thank you for being a part of last week. It was a special service. And I hope that you've given Your Bible out in a uh, gospel presentation. I love to hear that testimony uh, if you'd like to share that as well. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not given that out, make a point this week to do that. Last week, I preached a message. You now, when I began to preach it, you probably thought, what does this have to do with Gospel Sunday? And we brought it all back around to where it is simply this. If God's word is true, then its word, its word is true in every area. If his covenant is true with Israel, then his covenant is true with us as believers. If we can believe the Old Testament, we can believe the New Testament. There are some 13 prophecies that have been fulfilled uh, that uh, were prophesied in the Old Testament That uh, have to do with end times prophecy. There's still just a few left here. I want to share those with you today, but I want you to go to uh, Genesis chapter 17. And I want to look at verse number eight. And the Bible says this, this is God speaking to Abraham. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession I will be their God this is the covenant that God made with Abraham the Abrahamic covenant this is a covenant that God made not just as a covenant with Abraham as a person he also promised Abraham not only through his seed would uh, Abraham be blessed not only will kings come out of his seed but the he promised them a land this covenant included uh, actual land that is known as Israel today I want you look with me also, if you would please, in verse number 16 of the same chapter, the Bible says this, "God speaking to Abraham, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her, speaking of his wife, Sarah, Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her." This is the covenant. This is the promise that God gave to Abraham. I'm going to preach this week a, a second message, a part two of, of last week's message. I've had such uh, interest and in so many comments about last week's message. I began to study a little bit further. As I had shared with you, I'm putting together a series that I'm going to be coming, uh, preaching here uh, very soon on End Times Prophecy, several week series that I want to, I hope that you're a part of and that you'll be here to uh, hear. And I just got a little excited as I'm studying for that. And so this week, I'm, I'm going to introduce some of that to you today. And, and I hope that it will spark an interest in your heart to hear more. You know, I, 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 I love churches and churches ought to be preaching the gospel ought to be preaching the gospel. Every, every church ought to proclaim the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's our message. That's our hope. But once we are saved, we ought to be grounded in God's word. We ought to, we ought to be grounded in the truth of God's word. We ought to know what, how we ought to live. We ought to know uh, what's coming, what's unfolding. And, and, and what's so great about the Bible is, is every no matter where you are in your life, everything you need, you'll find it in God's word. Every parent in this room today can, can find truths in God's word on how to parent. We don't have to figure this out. Every, every marriage can be uh, uh, found the truths on how to have a godly marriage in, in God's word. We don't have to figure it out on our own. The Bible will teach you how to handle finances. The Bible will teach you how to, how to handle relationships. Everything we as human beings need to know how to live a victorious Christian life, it's found in God's word. How to have everlasting life or how to know that we're going to spend eternity in heaven, it's found in God's word. What's going to come or prophecy, it's found in God's word. Isaiah chapter number 62, if you'll follow along with me, here we find Isaiah prophesying. For Zion's sake, will I not hold my peace? And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called a a new name in which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. You see, back in history, if you were a study of history, you would find this that when Rome came in and began to occupy Israel, uh, that Israel was scattered. Uh, The people, the Jewish people were scattered throughout all the world. Israel was a very desolate place. It became a desolate place. Matter of fact, those that knew of Israel in her glory, when Solomon had the temple and built that temple and, and, and people would come literally from around, kings and queens would come and would hear of Solomon's wealth and hear of God's glory there upon Israel. And it was the queen of Sheba, I believe, that came and said this, I heard, I heard of it, but it's what what I see doesn't compare to what I I heard about the glory of the Lord that's here in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a coveted place. It was a wonderful place. It's the city where God himself has placed his name in that city. But Israel, the people of Israel sinned and judgment came. They were dispersed around the world. And and the the significance of Israel becoming a nation in 1948, the significance of that is this, that God said it was going to happen. It's prophesied. in, In many of the Old Testament prophets foretold that this was going to happen. And when they became a nation again, God's word once again showed us that he is true. His word can be trusted. Now, there are some in politics, some in political power, who want to stop supporting Israel. What a shame that is. Anti-Semitic violence has increased by over 400% in America within just the last several weeks due to the conflict that took place between Gaza, Hamas, and Israel. There's been a ceasefire with Israel and Hamas, but, but, but it's going to be, it's going to start again. It's a, it's a fragile, it's a fragile ceasefire. We, we know that when anything is happening at this place in the world, that Christians, we ought to lift up our eyes because the Lord's return is imminent. It's very soon. Someone asked me this question last week why does the church, why do Christians, why would we support Israel? And it was a legitimate question. They just had never been taught. They didn't know. (laughs) They're... thinking and their understanding of, of Israel uh, was that they were occupying a land and without a proper understanding of history and, and with just being persuaded by, by liberalism and, 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 and uh, anti-Semitic uh, uh, thoughts of Israel, their view or their understanding was was very different than what a Bible believer ought to understand about Israel. And it caused me to think and it caused me to, to study and prepare this message. Because I believe this, if there's a place that we ought to learn Bible truths, it's in the, in the house of God. If we ought to know why we as Christians ought to support Israel, we ought to be able to find it in the Bible and be able to hear it in church. It's not up to the media. It's not up to, to, to uh, uh, secular education to educate the Christian on what they ought to believe. The Christian ought to know what they believe based on the word of God. And I, I think you'd understand this. And I think you'd be for this. They ought to hear it in church. No one said amen there. Wow. But what does God say about Israel? What does God say about Israel? Because if we want to know where we should stand, let's know what God has to say. I want you to go with me to Exodus chapter number four, if you would please, Exodus chapter four. Now this covenant that God made with Abraham was a covenant that was made for all of eternity. This was not just a covenant for Abraham's generation. Matter of fact, as you're studying that covenant, you would find this, and, and, and for sake of time, we won't be able to go to all these places. But if you did a, a Bible study there, a thorough Bible study, you would find that the covenant that God made with Abraham was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of their descendants. It was an everlasting covenant, the Bible says. And everlasting means yesterday, today, and forever. Everlasting doesn't mean the past. If I were to say to you, everlasting, it doesn't mean what happened yesterday. The covenant might have been made yesterday, but the covenant then goes for all of eternity. And the covenant that God made with Abraham is for eternity. And so what does God say about Israel? Look with me in Exodus chapter 4, verse number 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, this is God's message to Pharaoh. Israel is held captive in Israel. In Egypt. They're slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh begins to believe that he is going to uh, hold them there, but what Pharaoh doesn't understand is that God is in control. Pharaoh, the, the mightiest king, the mightiest person, the mightiest army uh, to, uh, there at that time in history, thinks that he can hold Israel. But what Pharaoh is going to learn, he's going to learn what God thinks about Israel. And what God says about Israel is this, and thou shalt say to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Israel is God's son. He says, even my firstborn son. In God's message to Pharaoh, he wanted Pharaoh to know that when you're messing with Israel, you're messing with my son. When you're messing with Israel, you're messing with my child. Now, every parent would know this. If you want to make an enemy with a parent, all you have to do is mess with their child. God here is telling Israel is telling Pharaoh Pharaoh is is has his people in bondage Pharaoh is abusing God's people and God said to Moses I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell Pharaoh he's not just messing with anyone he's messing with my son He doesn't just have anyone in bondage he's got my son in bondage even my firstborn Look with me in Exodus chapter number 19, if you'd go there with me. Exodus 19, just a few pages over. Exodus chapter number 19, verse number 5. So first we see that God calls Israel his son. And I want you to understand that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Exodus chapter 19, verse number 5, the Bible tells us this. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a, a peculiar treasure unto me. Above all people, for all the earth is mine. Israel is a special people, a peculiar people. There's something here that God has with Israel that he has with no other nation. In Exodus, God tells his people that you're a special people, a peculiar people you're mine. This covenant that God made with Abraham was a special covenant. This covenant that God made with Abraham's descendants allowed them to be into this blood covenant with God. And it's God says that God's doing that Israel is a special people. Go to Romans chapter number nine, if you would please. So first we see that Israel is God's son. Even his firstborn, uh, God says, we see that God is making this covenant that they are a special people, peculiar people. Romans chapter number nine. In verse number four, the apostle Paul writing, who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Who are the fathers of whom are concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. I want you to write this down, number three, Israel is adopted by God as his very own. They're adopted by God. We find here, Paul is stating of Israel, who is Israel, who are Israelites, he says. He says Israel is is God's adopted. This is God who God used. We have the Bible today because of the Jews. We have have, uh, Christ, the Messiah, came. He's a descendant of David. David is a descendant of Abraham. Uh, He is a descendant of the Jews. There's something, a covenant, something special, an adoption by God as his very own. Israel is a cherished people. Israel is a chosen people. Israel is a covenant people. The Bible says of Israel that they are the apple of God's eye. They have a covenant to the land of Israel. And this covenant is given to them by God. I said this last week, and I say it again today, that Israel does not occupy the land. The Jews do not occupy the land of Israel. The Jews own the land of Israel, and there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Over the last several weeks, you've heard politicians call Israel occupiers, You've probably seen protests that have taken place around this country, even around this world, signs that have called Israel Zionist occupiers. We concluded this last week by looking into God's word that Israel, Israel was given the land by God. We saw that in our passage of scripture this morning that we first read. The land, the physical land of Israel was given to Israel, was given to Abraham's descendants by God. God is the owner of the land because God created the land. Therefore, it is up to God to decide who he can give the land to. And God gave the land of of Israel to Abraham's descendants. It's a land given by God. God Almighty stands with Israel. And so to answer the question, why, why must we as a church, why do we as Christians stand with Israel? And the reason why is this, Israel is not a political issue. Israel is a biblical issue. I've said this often I I I don't I'm not going to stand in this pulpit and preach on 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 political issues. But Israel is not a political issue it's a biblical issue. Abortion is not a political issue it's a biblical issue. Gay marriage and, and a marriage between man and a woman is not a is not a political issue it's a it's a it's a biblical issue. Now, these issues have been politicized. These issues have been, been hijacked. And it is up to the church. It is up to men of God. It is up to those that are watching on the wall to preach biblical issues to the church because we must know where to stand. Russia, Iran, Turkey. There spoke about in Ezekiel chapter number 38. As you see these players Speaking as you see these players trying to manipulate, as you see these players of the world trying to make decisions there in the Middle East, you know this because the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 38 that they are going to be destroyed by the hand of God. These nations, these leaders believe that they are in control. What they're going to find is that God is in control. They believe that they have the, the might and the wealth of all the nations of the world. They believe a pact that they have have together, they can dominate the Middle East. What they're going to learn, and how do we know this? Because Ezekiel 38 tells us this, they will be destroyed by an almighty God. God is not mocked. God doesn't slumber or sleep. George Washington, our first president, said this, the Jewish people have made a great contribution to this nation. The revelation for freedom would have been lost if not for the Jewish people. Without the Jewish people, there would be no prophecy. There'd be no patriarchs. Matter of fact, without the Jewish people, there'd be no Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a Jew. The authors of the, the Bible... The majority, Jews. So we could go as far as to say this, without the Jewish people, we'd have no Bible. Without the Jewish people, we'd have no Savior because Jesus Christ is a descendant of Abraham. Abraham. God says in his word that he will bless them that bless you. Why do Christians, why does the church of today stand with Israel? Because God said, I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. I believe that goes for every nation, that goes for every individual, that goes for every human being, whether, whether uh, represented as a nation or represented as an individual or a family. God has said this, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. I believe this, one of the greatest reasons God's blessing has been upon this nation is because this nation has continued to bless Israel. When the nations of the world stood against Israel, America stood with Israel. In 1948, when Israel became a nation, if you were to study the history of since that point, you would find that all the Arab nations around came to attack Israel. And God showed his hand and God showed his might. And in in, in a, in a miraculous way, you see God's protection of Israel. Why? Because God promised and prophesied that this was going to happen. And therefore, we know it is true. All the nations can threaten to destroy Israel. Iran has threatened to wipe Israel off of the map. How do we know that's not going to happen? We know it because God is mightier than every nation. This past week, I had my secretary contact every synagogue in Toledo. We set a meeting with, with every, every, every uh, uh, leader of the synagogues in Toledo set a meeting to go with them and pray with them on, on our church's behalf. Over the next couple weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll be going and in, in praying with them. One will be over Zoom and the others will meet with them in their place of worship. You say, why would you as a Christian pastor go to a place like this where they don't worship the Messiah? We're going to do it. We're going to bless them. Why? Because God is for Israel. We're going to show our support. While America, unfortunately, across the streets of America, were hurting, abusing, killing, and and taunting Jews, I believe that Monclova Road Baptist Church ought to stand in their defense. I believe they ought to know that there is a community of Christians, community of, of Christ followers, that believe the Word of God and obey the Word of God and seek to bless the people of God. Go with me to Genesis chapter 15, if you would please. Genesis 15, verse number 18, and Genesis 15, verse number 18. You would find this as God is laying out a promise. Abraham, he lays this out. He says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, unto thy seed have I given this land. Now he goes into from the river uh, river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And he goes into verse number 19 and verse number 20. He begins to name the areas, name the boundaries, name the places that this will be their land. Verse number 21, he does the same. The only nation, the only nation that God sovereignly created, that he actually puts the national boundaries and records them in scripture, is Israel. You, You won't find anything else like this. You won't find, you won't research in the Bible and find America and find its boundaries. Russia, China, Iran, England, India, All all, all the superpowers that ever have been, maybe even will be, you'll never find in the word of God where God has, has deliberately set the boundaries. Oh, Israel, you do. What we're going to find, there's going to come a day when Jesus comes, when Jesus rules and reigns, Israel, who is all uh, seen as such a tiny nation there in the Middle East, we're going to find that God has set her boundaries and it's going to enlarge Israel almost 10 times as great as the land mass that's there today. You mark it down. The land that we call Israel today is just a fraction of the land that Israel is going to possess when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes and sets up his kingdom upon this earth earth. Jesus is coming back as a lion of the tribe of Judah. Anti-Semitism says this, we love Israel, but we hate the Jews, or we love the Jews, but we hate Israel. There's a fight of, of Israel in, in, in the land of Israel and the people, the Jewish people. But I want you to know this, that Jews and Israel, they're one in the same. The covenant was with the descendants of, of Abraham, and the covenant was for the land that he gave to the descendants of Abraham. This covenant that we read about, the covenant that we read this morning, we saw last week, this covenant is with the people and with the land. Matter of fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter number 11, he writes this, "'Hath God forsaken Israel?' The conclusion that he comes to is absolutely not. God is not through with the Jewish people. Oh, for thousands of years, while the Jews were scattered across this world, people thought the Jewish people were done. Hitler thought he could destroy the Jewish people. Hitler attempted to kill the Jewish people. Rome thought they could scatter and use the people of God. But oh, listen to me, Rome is fallen and Hitler is dead, but the Jewish nation lives today. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 17, in verse number 20, 1 Chronicles 17, 20, would you go there with me? 1 Chronicles 17, verse number 20. King David, a descendant of Abraham. Jesus Christ, a descendant from David. David's prayer here to God. Look with me in verse number 20, first Chronicles 17, verse number 20. O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people, Israel, whom God went to redeem to be his own people? to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness by driving out the nations from before thy people whom thou hast redeemed out of Egypt. Oh, listen with the psalmist, his prayer, for thy people Israel, didst make thou thine own people forever and thou Lord became their God. For thy people Israel, didst thou make thine own people, say it with me, forever. Forever means forever david here acknowledged that god made israel his people forever david here acknowledged that the that god uh the the lord became as their god we see david understanding the covenant that was made with abraham and when david said forever he meant forever and when god said forever he meant forever Exodus chapter 19, God makes this promise that a nation of kings and priests uh, would come out of Israel, would come out of Abraham's seed. He called it a holy nation. No other nation God has ever said this of. No other man God has ever said this of. The promise that God made with Abraham was a special covenant, a special promise that has been given to no other nation. Why should the Christian community, why should our church, why should we as Bible believers bless Israel? Because God blessed Israel and Israel are God's chosen people. We support Israel as a nation because God's blessing is on this nation. May 14th, 1948. The Valley of Dry Bones became a nation just like Ezekiel said it would. 13 prophecies have been fulfilled. If you were to go back and you'd study, what God said is going to happen is happening. A little teaser as we get into our study of end times prophecy, we're going to then study what has been fulfilled, but, oh, church, hear me, there's still more to come. In Ezekiel chapter number 38 and 39, we write this down for sake of time. I'm going to have to just give you these three things, and, and we'll expound on each one of these things as we study future events. But Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, see, so often, so often, if we're not careful, we'll disregard some Old Testament passages because we don't understand them. Ezekiel is written yes to the Jew but Ezekiel is also written for the Christian to learn and understand. Ezekiel 38 and 39 is speaking of what God's prophesying for the Jews but oh the Christian ought to be excited because when God is a prophecy of the Jews is coming true great things are happening for the child of God great things are happening for the church of God. Ezekiel 38, 39, we read of this, and this is a prophecy that's going to come, gathering all the nations against Israel. Now, I believe this as I've been studying and watching over the last several weeks. Hamas has tried to do everything, and when I say Hamas, what we really understand, it's Iran. And anyone that supports Iran, Russia, China, Turkey, Iran is wanting to do everything he, they can to destroy Israel. Hamas is a terrorist organization that's funded by Iran. Hezbollah is a, is a terrorist organization funded by Iran. So when missiles go off from, from, the, the, uh, from Gaza or the West Bank or, or any other place, you know this, those missiles are paid for by Iran. And I'll tell you, it was a beautiful thing to see and to hear that thousands of missiles left the land of Gaza aimed for the city and the people of Israel. But they were being shot out of the sky. Now, we, we say, well, that's because of the Iron Dome. And it is. But they're going to learn, I believe, that we're seeing this this prophecy unfold what is going to bring a massive land invasion into Israel why are they going to have to put uh, boots on the ground in Israel i'll tell you why because rockets won't get it done they tried thousands of rockets have tried to destroy Israel just within the last month. And every one of those rockets, or the majority, a large majority of those rockets have been shot out of the sky. If they're going to invade Israel, they're not going to do it from the sky. They're going to do it from the ground. They're going to come in thinking that with their military might that they're going to come in and possess Israel. They believe that they're going to destroy the the Israel, uh, the, the people of Israel, the Jews of Israel. They think they're going to drive them once again out of the land, and they will once again occupy the land. Land, but God Almighty has this already set up. I believe, church, we see that hook that Ezekiel speaks of. That hook is in their jaw and God is bringing each one of those nations to put in Israel for one reason. And one reason only is because once they're there, God is going to show his might. God is going to show his power. God is going to have a great victory on that day. Ezekiel chapter 39. I want you to read this with me. Now, don't get quiet on me, church. Ezekiel 39. This is the destruction that God is going to give to the the armies of Gog, the nations of Russia and Turkey. I will turn thee back. And leave but the sixth part of thee and will cause thee to come up from the north parts and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the the ravenous birds of every sort into the beast of the fields to be devoured. This is God saying, I'm going to bring you into this nation. I'm going to bring you into Israel. You think you're coming for one reason, but I'm bringing you in to show you that I am God. And Israel is my people. We're going to see prophecy that's going to come. The first, the next thing we're going to see, a gathering, a gathering of nations against Israel. Zechariah 12, 2. Zechariah 12, 2, I'm, quickly running out of time here, but Zechariah 12, 2 tells us this, behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Listen to me, the next, the uh, one prophecy that's coming, one that we're going to see is a gathering of all the nations against Israel. Another prophecy that we're going to see, Zechariah prophesies in chapter number 12, the revelation of the Messiah to the Jewish people. Jesus Christ is going to come, the Messiah is going to come. The Jews are going to understand and going to recognize that the Messiah is not coming. He has already come. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the Messiah. He's going to come and he's going to free Israel. He's going to conquer all of Israel's uh, 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 enemies. We see prophecies are going to be fulfilled and oh, listen to me, church, while these things are happening, while these prophecies are being fulfilled, we as a church might say, those have to do with Israel. What does that have to do with the church? Go with me to First Thessalonians, if you would please, chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. We're not getting deep into each of these prophecies. I'm just kind of wetting your appetite for what's going to be coming here and what we're going to lay out here as we look at end times prophecy. Oh, we're going to study these 13 or so prophecies that have already come. Oh, but God's word is not finished speaking yet. There's still more to come. In 1 Thessalonians chapter four, in verse number 13, Paul says this, but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep and sorrow not even as others which have Have no hope. How many of you are so glad that God doesn't want to leave us in the dark? He doesn't want the church to be ignorant. He doesn't want us as Bible believers to to not know what's happening. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand there's going to come, there's going to, 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 to happen events coming. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain into the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Oh, Christian, listen to me now. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we uh, ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one of the, one another with these words. Oh listen to me, there's an event coming, there's an event that's prophesied. There's an event that we as a church is looking forward to. It's called the rapture of the church. There's coming a day the Trump of God is going to sound. In that trump of God, God is going to say to Jesus, "Go get your bride." And those that know Jesus Christ as their Savior is going to to leave this earth, and we are going to be with Jesus Christ forever. And when that happens, it's going to kickstart some of the most horrific events that will ever take place on this earth. The Antichrist is going to set up and rule in Jerusalem. Satan is going to think that he has a victory. God said, my son, Jesus, the Messiah, is going to rule in, in David's seat in, in Jerusalem. And Satan is going to set up his, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, is going to sit there, and for three and a half years, he's going to make peace with Israel. Israel. And he's going to turn on Israel. In the next three and a half years, it is going to be the great tribulation. What this world, the greatest uh, 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 storms, the greatest issues, the greatest problems that will ever come are going to come during that great tribulation. Man is going to see the power and destruction that God can make upon this earth. I read an article this past weekend. Matter of fact, uh, someone from the church sent it to me. I began to read it. It was talking about all the things that are happening around this world. And, and, and this morning, this morning I read um, I'm a news junkie. I probably shouldn't be on Sunday mornings, but I can't help it. I was reading of all the famine that's coming to California. The majority of the produce that is 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 shipped around this country comes from West, at West. This 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 article said to uh, uh, for Americans be careful be cautious. Produce, there, many farmers there in that uh, northern California aren't even planting crops. They showed pictures of waterbeds water beds that that are normally full from rainwater that you can now see see the the, the barrenness that's caused because of this drought. They're saying the price of, 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 of beef is going to go up substantially because no water means no growth, no grazing grounds for beef, and no cows can be fed, and, and no grains can be planted. And, 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 and you see it unfolding all around us. You open the front page of the news, it's like opening up Bible prophecy. You see it unfolding. And you see God's hand upon it. But old church, there's coming a day that a trumpet's going to sound. The reason why we don't have a trumpet player playing up here, because I'm afraid most of you would think the rapture's going to take place. And you start jumping. So we calm it down a little bit. But oh, there's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. And we're going to be out of here. We're going to be with Jesus Christ forever. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, there's a day that's coming and you do not want to be left behind. There's a day coming where it's going to be too late. God's wrath is going to be poured out upon this earth. We're going to be with him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is the day of salvation. An Old church, we look around and many people think, oh, uh, this is a terrible generation. Look at all the, 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 the issues and look at all the, the sin. We're spiraling out of control. And I say this to you, we're spiraling right into God's place. All of these things, all of these events, all of these issues are going to happen because God's word is true.